the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. High of 81. Thunderstorms in the area this morning will continue through this evening with a low of 64. A couple of showers and thunderstorms tomorrow afternoon. High 81. And a shower and spots on Tuesday. High 82. That's your AccuWeather forecast. I'm Holly Holdren for AM860, The Answer. Good morning, everybody. This is Dr. Bill, your Radio MD. I got Ken by my side, and we are doing a show, boys and girls. Yes, we are. It's what we and do we, best. It's what we do best, Doc. This is what we do. Actually, you probably medicine is what you do best. Well, I think I'm getting good at both of these. You are. It takes it takes about 20 years to become a good doctor. It takes about 10 years to become a good announcer. The learning curve is not quite as steep, but it, it's it's still, it takes time, don't you think? Didn't it take you a while to kind of get comfortable? And... Uh, before I got comfortable? I'm still not comfortable. <laughs> I've been well, doing it for well, 40 years. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, you know the, you know how to do this. You know the routines. You know how to carry a show and. That's true. I can get myself out of trouble if I need to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's well, same with a doctor. <laughs> so it wasn't me. <laughs> somebody else did it. <laughs> My biggest problem are small buttons. I can't hit the small buttons anymore. No, you can't. I know. Yes, I know. I know, <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> so how's everything going, Doc? How you feeling this week? I'm feeling pretty good. You know, I'm still on the tacrolimus, the, uh, the anti-rejection drug, and... Uh, the short-acting tacrolimus causes diarrhea, Ken. Oh, my God. So I'm going to have to invest in the long-acting one and see if that'll cool that down. But my allergies are better. I haven't had a migraine headache in two weeks, and uh, I don't know if it's related or not. I know the allergies are because it it uh, cools down the T lymphocytes, which are integral in the allergic process. If but you I don't say know so. about migraines. It might just be incidental, coincidental. What causes migraines? Do we know? Yes, we do. It's the uh, uh, calcitonin gene-like peptide that attaches to the lining of the around the brain, and uh, this stimulates the uh, migraine headache, the vasomotor dysfunction, the the vessels constrict and uh, causes pain, and usually it starts back in the uh, in the occipital lobe, back where those bumps are on the back of your head, right above your neck. Yes. And it marches forward and seems to work that way. And that's why people have visual disturbances as in the initial onset of a migraine for a lot of people with classic migraines. It's called an aura, A-U-R-A. And uh, the the, uh, visual cortex is in the back of your brain in the occipital lobe. So your your nerve fibers from your eyeball go all the way through your brain to the back. And uh, they actually decussate, which means they, they cross and split uh, right about where your temples are. So uh, you have a unique, or we have a unique visual system that 
we see part of our visual field on one side and part on the other side and part on one side and part on the other side. And so it, it, it's a fascinating uh, system, the way it works. And did you know that if you give someone a prism glass that turns everything upside down and you leave it on them for two weeks, guess what? Yeah. Their, what? Brain, their brain will turn everything right side up. So even with the prism glasses, they'll see everything right side up. No kidding. Wow. Brain's pretty amazing. Yeah. I'm glad I have one. Now, why do, I, I, I know some people who have, are just like wiped out when they get a migraine headache. They can't do anything. Oh, and they, tur- they, they, they say turning the lights off seems to help a little bit. Is that probably why? Because the, so the visual cortex yeah. involved. Yeah. Uh, so because it's so stimulating. Now, the, the thing that I do is when I feel one coming on, I take uh, my Imitrex, which is uh, a, a medication that we don't know fully how it works, but we do know that it interferes with the with the vasomotor response in the brain. It also kicks up your serotonin levels, surprisingly, and uh, so it can make you a little sleepy, but it's really effective. It's, it's been a godsend for me. I mean, I was really suffering terribly after my neck injury. It got worse. Thank, thank my mother for migraines. She gave it to all four of us. So uh, Imitrex is a good drug. And then we've got the Ubralvi, which makes you a little sleepy, but it does prevent headaches for a few days. It'll also treat it. And uh, then we've got the uh, Imitrex uh, Irunumab, which is a monoclonal antibody that blocks the receptor sites so that the calcitonin gene-like uh, protein cannot attach to the lining, the meninges around the brain. It's a little complex, but, and, and now who knows, maybe tacrolimus has something to do with it. Maybe it interferes with some aspect of the autoimmune response. I don't know. We shall see. We'll see how my headaches do over the next few months. Well, if you're suffering from migraines, Doc's the guy to go. Call. He's got the, seems you have a pretty good handle on it here. Yeah, I've treated I've treated myself, and I've treated dozens and dozens of people with migraines. And a lot of people want to go to a neurologist, and that's okay. Uh, that's supposedly their specialty, but uh, Doctor Bill has a few things up his sleeve. <laughs> can't can't well, beat experience, Doc. No, well, the problem is, is I don't have any sleeves on today, so <laughs> I ain't got nothing up there. <laughs> so call on Monday when he's wearing a long Yeah, call on Monday, like 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. And Americans, Canadians, internationals, locals, everybody's welcome. If you got we're a migraine, he's the guy to see. Yeah, we're your one-stop body shop. What's going on at the condo? Anything uh, happening there? Last week, we were, you were putting in sidewalks or something. We got the sidewalks in, and so they came to pour on Friday, and one of the neighbors who is, uh, shall I say, an anti-Dr. Bill person. Not a patient? Uh, yeah, she she came up to me and wanted to know what to do about it because she didn't want to open her garage door, and I said, well, why not? And she said, well, my husband's Corvette is in there, and he's in the hospital. I said, well, I'm sorry to hear that. And, of course, it escalated from there. And I said, well, I've got a tarp I'll be happy to lend to you. And then she didn't like the the look of the black guys that were pouring the concrete. Mm-hmm. I've known these guys for two decades, a decade and a half. I mean, they're all good guys. And, you know, there's, <laughs> in fact. Why does she just keep her door closed? Them. Why does she just keep her door closed? Well, because you get concrete on it and then you got to clean it off. So 
you know, I told her, I said, look, you can use vinegar to clean it off. I'm happy to help you. And um, she said, well, are you, if I leave it open, are you going to be personally responsible? I said, no, but the board will be responsible if something happens. And she said, you're not on the board. Well, that started it. I said, <laughs> you know what? I'm still running everything around here. You know, it escalated from there. Her <laughs> daughter came out and broke it up. <laughs> now, what am I doing out here if I'm not supposed to be on the working? Yeah. Out? Well, they don't want me on the board, but they want me to do everything. They ask me questions and they want to know how to solve problems because nobody else is around to do it. <laughs> See, so anyway, they didn't know when they had a good thing. She left her garage door closed because she didn't know who these black guys were and if they were going to come in and steal her Corvette or her color TV or whatever. I mean, I'd like to see somebody walking out with a 54-inch TV and not be noticed. But <laughs> Yeah. At any rate, so she left her door down, and, of course, it got some got some uh, mud on it, some uh, concrete mud on it. Mm. And one of the guys was out there, and he's cleaning away and said, you know, they they didn't want to leave their door open. Why not let them clean it? And he, this, is, this is one of the older black guys that's been working in this group for, God, years, and I've known him for a long time. Nice guy. And he said, Doc, two wrongs don't make a right. So I went home and got the vinegar, which, by the way, vinegar will take concrete off of whatever you want it off of, um, even your carpet, your clothes. So if you get if you get to concrete or cement or mortar mix or or uh, uh, grout on your clothes or on your shoes or whatever, just a little vinegar will take it right off. Get it on the floor, it'll take it right off because it's an alkali and vinegar is, as you know, acetic acid and acids dissolve alkalis, right? Uh, this, just before it dries, it can't dry and take it off, right? Yes. Oh, really? Dry it it yeah, eats, eats just... through it even if it dries. Absolutely. Oh. So if you're if you're mad at your neighbor and you want to get at him, you know the uh, the uh, acid that you put in your pool? Okay. You pour in your swimming pool to balance it out. Just take that and pour it all over their, their concrete. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> We're not suggesting you do that at all. No, no. But if you, I mean, if. If it's absolutely necessary, I mean, if they're a liberal Democrat and you want them out of the neighborhood. <laughs> no, we're doing this just for entertainment purposes. We would never. This is entertainment only. We don't we don't advocate violence or disruption or uh, property damage or vandalism against anybody or anything. We love everybody and we want everybody to be happy and get along. Kumbaya. <laughs> Kumbaya. That's right. <laughs> Kumbaya. I'm sorry. <laughs> Pronounce with that Kentucky hillbilly accent. <laughs> Y'all. <laughs> so right. at any rate, now, did you hear the CDC says now uh, you only have to, uh, with with the COVID, you only have to quarantine for three days and then wear a mask after that for, I don't know, five days or whatever. How did like they come the up with How did they come up with that? I mean, how do they know three days is the way to go? They don't know. Exactly. They, They're just making they, it up. They're making stuff up as they go. And so, but the headlines in one of the health uh, uh, articles said, we can pretty much treat uh, COVID like the flu now. No, no, you cannot. And if you read the article, it even says that. So these article headlines, and, and I'm sure Fauci read the headlines and didn't read the article. So don't <laughs> ask him anything. He doesn't know. <laughs> Is he still in charge up there? He's been taken out, hasn't he? I think he retired, didn't he? Yeah, I think he did. Just in the so, nick of time, yeah. So you can isolate for three days at home, 
I mean, I wouldn't do that. I'd just put on a mask and go about my business. And then after that, put a mask on. Now, the problem with the COVID is that unlike the flu, it can have some short-term and long-term effects that the flu does not have because it stimulates the immune system and the clotting system so uh, uh, severely. And as you know, I had the blocked artery going to my small intestine and ended up in the hospital for a couple of days. Thought I was going to have surgery and have a piece of my bowel taken out which is the small bowel is not that big of a deal because even though it's intra-abdominal uh, and of course you're going to have pain and you can have to be NPO for a couple of days and all that, uh, it's so vascular it, that the the end-to-end -end anastomosis, when you take the two pieces and put them back together, the two ends of the bowel after you take the segment out and, and suture it back together, it heals up very quickly because there's such a good blood flow. The large bowel is not the same. It is a different animal, and that's a big deal. So the small bowel is is uh, fairly easy to treat, and the recovery is pretty quick. You'll be out of the hospital in a day or two. Large bowel, maybe not so so quickly. So I want you to remember this: that the uh, the Paxlovid is available. It's specifically antiviral for the COVID virus. And it's a miracle drug. And I would also uh, encourage you, if you if you don't come to me, to uh, ask your doctor for a short burst of prednisone or, or medrol dose pack or pred pack or whatever. And uh, also uh, a blood thinner. Now, if he won't give you a blood thinner, I would just say take, a, take an aspirin a day for seven to 10 days. And uh, that will probably cut down on the incidence of of uh, blood clots forming in areas you don't want them to form in, like in your belly. I don't think you want them forming anywhere, do you? No, you don't want them forming anywhere, but it's a lot better in your fingertip than it is in your in your small bowel. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> if you understand. A lot less my, dangerous that way. Yeah. A lot less dangerous. Uh, so it, it's it's a it's a tough disease, uh, even though it. it it probably isn't going to cause a problem for 99.99% of us. It's so widespread, Ken, that you're going to have much larger numbers of people that get sick, end up in the hospital, have complications, and die than you, than you would with the flu, even though the flu is probably just as uh, fatal of, of, a, of a, a virus as the COVID is, uh, the numbers of people that end up with the flu are much, much smaller than the number of people that get COVID. It's just so so easily to catch. It's so contagious, and we have no natural immunity to it because it's a man-made virus in the Wuhan lab. You remember the Wuhan lab? I sure do, yeah. So should we be getting boosters every year? It's I been a while since you're... I've had one. I would say if you're over 60, if you're a smoker, if you have asthma, heart disease, uh, lung problems, kidney disease, diabetes, uh, cardiovascular disease, I would say, yeah, get one. Um, under 60, I think it's optional. If you're at high risk or you have some chronic medical problems, get it. Or if you're out in the public a lot and you're traveling and you have an increased risk of coming into contact with it, you may want to think about it. But again, the, the Paxlovid is so effective, at least at this point in time, that uh, if you get on it right away, you'll you'll feel better within one or two doses, which is, is miraculous. It's unbelievably uh, effective. So, 
Yeah, how the the, the uh, rate that we got all this stuff out, the uh, the vaccines and all, was really a miracle, wasn't it? I mean, compared to what normal vaccine times usually take. Yeah, we 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 skipped over a lot of the uh, uh, phase three trials uh, because we knew that it worked. And then we, of course, we didn't know the long term uh, and short term side effects, but uh, uh, we kind of projected it and said, well what's worse to have a you know a couple of hundred kids get a heart inflammation uh, for a week or two uh, or to have millions of people get heart inflammation from the virus itself so we we opted for the logical path the the more uh, the more liberal path which meant that more people were saved and even though you hear all this stuff now about, oh, the masks weren't effective. Yeah, they were. They sure were. Oh, the, the vaccine is, wasn't necessary. Yeah, it was. It protected me from you. <laughs> uh, and that was the probably the most important uh, the most important aspect of it was to protect the healthcare workers because without us, you'd be in a real mess. We'd all be dying. That's right. We'd all be, we would have had a lot more deaths if it wasn't for us. And, and you know, we figured it out pretty quick how to treat people who were acutely ill. That, that doesn't mean we saved everybody, but the mortality rate certainly went down precipitously once we figured out which antivirals to use and, uh, and to use the prednisone anti-inflammatories intravenous or PO and the anti-clotting mechanisms. And, I mean, we, we figured out a whole armamentarium that we could use of medications and and uh, vaccines once they came out, and also vitamins. Some people thought the vitamin D and the zinc and the, all that was helpful. I don't know if there's any real hard data, but uh, certainly it didn't hurt. We talked about that a lot, Ken. Yes, remember? I do. Yeah, we were always talking about vitamin D, especially. Yeah. yeah. But it really is amazing. I mean, we did all this in like a year. Well, it, yeah. And, and, and if was... you look at things like AIDS, it took from like the mid 80s, what, the, big, the mid 90s before they had a treatment that was really working for everybody? Yeah, guess who was in charge of that? <laughs> Fauci? Fauci. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, good. Glad he's retired. That was his pet project, and uh, it actually did help uh, in uh, teaching us how to develop antiviral drugs. Uh, but uh, the, the thing about HIV is it spreads cell to cell, so it's an intracellular virus. Whereas influenza and COVID are extracellular, vi- extracellular viruses, which are spread through the blood when uh, in a, when a cell becomes infected and the virus takes over and makes the cell reproduce more little viruses and then explodes. Those little viruses float around in the bloodstream and then attach themselves to uh, to uh, other cells. But that's not the way that. Uh, that uh, HIV works can it it has to have one cell kissing another and then they pass it on that way mm-hmm. so it's it's a, a unique disease but it certainly taught us a lot about intracellular um, uh, treatments and uh, that that's going to help with not only other viruses but also with with uh, things like cancer and it, it's it's added to our knowledge base that's all of medicine isn't it you just build on one step at a time over the years, it's yeah, it's 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 one one person stepping on top of some other person's shoulders, and that's okay. That's that's the way you do. It. And the guy that gets to the uh, end point first, he gets all of the glory. But it, it's a group effort. 
it's it's a collaborative thing and it's a historical thing too. It, it adds to itself. <clears throat> well, the things we're doing, the things I'm reading about, they're working on today are amazing. If they actually uh, come to fruition, you know. Oh, they, you know, a lot of this. Well, I mean, I, I, I predicted a lot of this would happen, but I didn't think any of this stuff would happen in my lifetime. Uh, you know, for instance, the treatment for heart failure. We have uh, two good drugs now that are out there, Entresto, which is a combination of uh, uh, an ARB and uh, and another medication, and then we also have the semiglutide, which is or was developed for or diabetes, but it also has uh, some uh, great effects on on heart and vascular and heart failure. And uh, these are the sodium glucose co-transporter 2 uh, inhibitors, and they block the reuptake of salt and sugar in the kidneys. So when, when your blood goes through and is filtered in the kidneys, it takes out a lot of salt and a lot of sugar. And then since we need some of that uh, at the distal tubules of the collecting system in the kidney, it pulls it back in. So this, uh, this, uh, this drug, it actually blocks the reuptake. It also affects the, uh, the hormones in the kidney, the adrenaline-like hormones, um, what you call adrenaline, we call epinephrine, norepinephrine, and uh, it also affects the nervous system and the feedback mechanism that makes you constrict your blood vessels and cause inflammation inside of blood vessels. And as you know, a heart attack is a blocked blood vessel going to the muscle of the heart. So we don't want that inflamed. We don't want our neck arteries inflamed. No. We don't want any inflammation. No, we don't. No. We want everything nice and happy and calm and cool and everybody working together. So we've got these two great drugs, Entresto and Semiglutide. Uh, which uh, work wonderfully uh, to help with heart failure. And I've used them both. Uh, it's uh, it's it's brave new world, Ken. And I never thought I'd see that not in my lifetime. Well, it's all better than the surgery. Yes and no. There are some instances where uh, once you have the disease, the surgery is uh better than a stent or a medical treatment. But, uh, you know, I've seen people who starve themselves down to ultra skinny. And uh, if if their cholesterol plaques weren't uh, calcified, they, they could actually reabsorb some of that and open the blood vessels back up on their own. But that's unusual. I don't know how you keep all this stuff in your head, Doc. I cheat. <laughs> okay. So I got it written on my hand. <laughs> That's how you got through school, huh? All right. That's it. You <laughs> oh, God. Mm-mm-mm. What else is going on? Um, nothing really new in Ukraine, I don't think. Well, the uh, Europeans are pushing us to step up to the plate, and they're criticizing Trump for uh, influencing the Senate to not pass the bill. And as I have said and continue to say is, just separate out the border from from the uh, aid package, because even if you pass this border bill, that doesn't mean that the president's going to enforce any of these laws. I mean, there's laws on the book that he's not enforcing. So what's the difference? So go ahead and and uh, and give the Ukraine and Israel and uh, uh, Taiwan the aid they need to to defend themselves. 
And uh, the Germans, by the way, are talking about sending some fairly sophisticated missiles, uh, assault missiles, to the Ukraine. And I guess they were talking on it on uh, WebEx, which is pretty much an open platform, easy to get into the, the hierarchy of the German military. And uh, and there was a Russian that was listening in. I guess they call him a spy, but just just a hacker, you know. Right. <laughs> and he, they published the whole thing in in, in Russia, and uh, and then that's when I think with the State of the Union address that Putin gave a week or two ago, he said, "Well, if we have to, we'll use nuclears on you." Mm-hmm. Of course, sure. I was really scared, and I'm I oh, I'm just it. shaking in my boots too, Doc. Yeah, I got hit under my bed all day. <laughs> I don't have a bed. I sleep on the floor. So if he wants to see Moscow disappear thirty minutes later, he can do whatever he wants. He can, yeah, he can do what he wants. Yeah. <laughs> but here's something you probably didn't know: in 2022, there was a 222 percent increase in syphilis in the United States and kids and babies as well. And this is the highest level of syphilis that we've seen since the 1970s. What was the cause? Well, I know what the general cause is, but... Um, Sexual behavior. Yeah, but know. I wonder why that exploded then. You know, I'm guessing that people didn't have anything to do with the COVID and the <laughs> lockdown. That's so true. They yeah. were running around doing what people do when they're... All the know, guys and gals having affairs got together and, yeah. You know what they say, idle hands are the devil's workshop. I guess you can say that about your genitalia, too, so... <laughs> let's Let's not say anything about it. No, let's not. So at any rate, the sexual behavior, HIV, co-infection, multiple sexual partners, practicing unsafe sex, drugs, illicit drug use, IV drug use. And uh, and so you got the idea, Ken. Yeah. Yeah. So we had one patient. Behave yourself. Yeah. And she, you know, we're trying to take a history because she was worried about HIV. And we said, well, do you have mul- have you had multiple sexual partners? She said, "No, only one at a time." <laughs> we laughed and I mean, you know, not in front of the patient, of course. You don't want to do that. You, <laughs> that is funny. We, we don't want to embarrass anybody. Only one at a time. <laughs> and with that note, how about a question? We'll get us some coffee for you, Doug. Well, wait one second, real quick. Caitlin Clark, you know who she is? Caitlin Clark. Yeah, she's the highest scoring uh, female college basketball player in history, and she's leaving the University of Iowa and going pro. So I just wanted you to know that. Thank you very much. The, the, and guess who the highest scoring male basketball player was in college history? In college history? Yep. Um, I don't know, Michael Jordan? Pistol Pete Maravich. Pistol Pete, all right. At LSU. He outscored everybody. By a, by All a right, bunch. So of... give us a question, Ken, and let's have some fun here, bud. All right, let's just this is for um two. Dr. Bill, your radio MD coffee mugs, and the person with the first person with the correct answer will win both of them. It's eight seven seven nine six nine eighty six hundred. That's the number to call in, eight seven seven nine six nine eighty six hundred. And today's question is it's always about something we talked about back in the beginning of the show. And um, today's question is what is the new C D C guidelines for Um, staying at home if you have COVID. That is the question today. It's been reduced. That's a good one, Ken. Yeah, it's been reduced. See if they've been paying attention. All right, give us a phone number here, bud. It is 877-969-8600, for the contest. Anything you got left, Doc, before we go to coffee? I have uh, 
my office number, which is 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. And I'm there for you. We are your one-stop body shop, Ken. Very good. We'll see you after a little intermission. <laughs> Experience the best selection of cigars and accessories in the country. Corona Cigar is located at 4142 West Boy Scout Boulevard across from International Plaza. Or visit coronacigar.com. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Donald Trump has won the Republican caucuses in Idaho and Missouri and captured all 39 delegates that were up for grabs at the Michigan Party Convention. The former president gaining more ground toward clinching the GOP nomination. His last major rival, former U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley, still seeking her first election season win. On the battlefield, the death toll has risen to 10 from a Russian drone strike that destroyed an apartment block in Ukraine's southern port city of Odessa. And North Carolina Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson has received former President Trump's formal endorsement in his bid for governor. Voters will also be choosing a Democratic nominee for governor on Tuesday. This is SRN News. Dr. Bill for Bay Area Medical, located at 6399 38th Avenue North in St. Pete, 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. Full-service clinic with x-ray, heart imaging, ultrasound, stress testing, and minor surgery. We provide quality health care in a warm and friendly atmosphere. We are multilingual, well-trained, and certified. Most American insurance and new patients accepted. Bay Area Medical, home of can care, 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. Dr. Bill here. With social distancing and sheltering in place, telemedicine is here. Bay Area Medical Home of Can Care Clinic offers telemedicine for new and established patients. You can see me without an in-office visit. Schedule an appointment at 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. When it's time for your appointment, type this web address into your cell phone or computer web browser, doxy.me forward slash Bay Area Med. A cell phone works well and is all you really need. For computers, you need a web camera and speakers. We'll give you this address when you call for your appointment. We accept most insurances and travel insurances. Canadians and visitors, please call your travel insurance company for an authorization number prior to the visit. Co-pays and deductibles apply. Self-pay rates are available. Just ask. We accept credit cards, PayPal, and Stripe. 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. Dr. Bill here. My friends at St. Pete MRI and Sleep Diagnostics are your best choice for state of the art MRI, CT, and sleep studies. Quality unsurpassed. 25 years experience makes St. Pete MRI my go-to imaging center. Self-pay rates are competitive and out-of-pocket cost a fraction of a hospital. Conveniently accessible from both sides of the bay at 750 94th Avenue North, St. Pete, near the Gandhi. 727-577-2220. 727-577-2220. See National Salem Talk Show host Dr. Sebastian Gorka live in person March 19th at the Corona Cigar Company in Tampa. Get tickets while they last at TheAnswerTampa.com. Mix of clouds and sunshine today with a couple of showers and a thunderstorm and a high of 81. Thunderstorms in the area this morning will continue through this evening with a low of 64. A couple of showers and thunderstorms tomorrow afternoon, high 81. And a shower in spots on Tuesday, high 82. That's your AccuWeather forecast. I'm Holly Holdren for AM860, The Answer.
I'm back, Ken. All right. I, I, did I miss anything? Not a thing. <laughs> I wasn't late? No, not at all. Okay, good. You must have sat right. down just as I said, go, Doc, because you were right all there. Right. I had to unmute myself, so sorry ah, about that. Folks. That's always very painful, I know, yes. So did you see where the U.S. military is dropping uh, aid into Gaza? I did. I saw a little something about that, and I uh, imagine it's welcome. And uh, then they had a, I guess they had a riot, and 100 people got trampled to death. And But the doctor at the Gaza hospital said, well, most of the people were killed by the Israeli military who were firing into the air to try to slow down the stampede. I guess the bullets went up and fell back down on their heads. <laughs> so, so there are a lot of people with, with, with bullet wounds in the top of their heads. Oh. But, of course, it was the, it's the Israeli military that did it. Of course, yes. Of course and, it is, Doc. And so where's the bodies? That's what I want to see. Yeah. Where let's see, let's see the autopsy reports, exactly. Let's see the bodies. Mm-hmm. They don't do autopsies. Are you kidding? <laughs> Probably not. Nah. No evidence. Yes. No, no, no. You don't want to leave any evidence. No, no. We do want to so, congratulate Tim Williams, though. Tim Williams, he's a winner. He's a winner. Tim Williams of Tampa Bay knew the answer to our uh, trivia question today was three days. That's the new recommendation from the CDC. If you get COVID-19, to stay home three days, put a mask on, and go talk doc here. And Tim apparently was paying attention, so he gets a gold star as well as to Dr. Bill Coffee Mugs. That's right, and thank you to Tim for calling in and everybody else who tried. So. Yeah, and we, we appreciate you guys. Tim, thank you very much. And everybody who's listening, love you guys. Hang in there. It's good to have you with us, and we just enjoy the heck out of this. Ken and I have a great time, and we hope you do too. It's highlight of my week. That's right, Doc. Yeah, it is. It, it is. is. It really is. I really yeah. enjoy this show, yeah. man. Yeah. So it looks like Trump's uh, stomping all over Nikki Haley. Yeah, why, why does she just <laughs> go away? <laughs> I don't well, understand just, it. You know, why don't you fold her tent up and go? What is her I mean, goal? Does she try? To, is she thinks she's going to get to the the uh, convention and be drafted or something? I, I don't understand. I, th- I think that she's thinking if Trump somehow uh, has some legal problems that pre- preclude him from running for president, that she will be in line. She'll have the most number of. Uh, of ballots or delegates uh, when she goes to the convention. But here's the problem. Uh, Governor DeSantis has uh, suspended his his campaign. He has not dropped out. Did you know that? Well, they never actually drop out. They suspend. They always suspend. Yeah, because you never know what's going to happen. That's right. Here's the thing, though. If Nikki Haley is the nominee, uh, the Democrats will win. And that's why she's got Democratic backers, because they know that the base of the Republican Party will not come out and vote for her after she has uh, done a Benedict Arnold on us and uh, taken aid and comfort from the enemy. And that's what she did, Ken. She took money from Democrats. And uh, that that's that's just not the right thing. When you lose your home state, it's time to stop. Yeah, and, uh, and I don't think that they dislike Even Mondale it. won his home state. Yeah, that's all he won. I know. That the District right. of Columbia. That's oh, that's all right. He won. Yeah, I know. He was pounded. Yeah. He, he I mean, he looked terrible. Yeah, that, was, that was the one of the biggest biggest wins ever, I think. Well, that's for Ronnie, right? That Ronnie did that. Yeah, Ronnie did that, but I think the biggest win since uh Washington's first uh uh election was uh Richard Nixon. 
he just beat the crap out of, uh, was it Walter Mondale? I can't remember. It was, you're right. It was Nixon who did Mondale, not Ronnie. Yeah, I mean, just beat the crap out of. Oh, I know. It was ridiculous. (laughs) Oh, no, it wasn't Mondale. It was, um, um, who was that guy from Nebraska? Uh, uh, McGovern. It was McGovern. McGovern. He, he was he was from Minnesota. You're right. He was from Minnesota. Minnesota. Yeah. 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 He was from up there in the farm country. But here's the thing about that, Ken. I mean, why on earth would you send a crew of guys to break into the Democratic National Headquarters to find out what's going on? I mean, who cares? You know, they're they they're not doing anything. They could have asked any hippie on the street and they would have known what was going on in McGovern's case. I told you I went down to work for McGovern in that election and i went into his headquarters in louisville and i said who's in charge and they said we don't know <laughs> I, I was like are you serious i mean so what are you guys doing and said, well, we're just you know we're getting some, some bumper stickers to hand out like damn these people they don't, they're lost in space and time <laughs> and they still are i mean i guess everybody was smoking pot i don't know back then probably probably hey like, man come on in wow, dude. man this is really cool come on it? in dude Come on in, dude. The party, man. Yeah, the party. So at any rate, uh, you know, Nixon's crime was not that he broke, had his people break into their headquarters. It was that he was stupid. (laughs) It was just, it made no sense, Ken. It made no sense why he did that. He was a little paranoid. He had spent a career with people coming after him, and he was constantly thinking people were coming after him. Well, and, you know, they were, but uh, But still... The way you handle it is not to go and break into somebody else's house and see what they're going to do to you next. I mean, he's, he'd weather all the storms. I'm not even sure he knew the original break-in took place until afterwards. Who knows? And his, his big crime was uh, covering it up. Yeah, covering it up. That's why Reagan, that's why when Reagan had the, uh, what country was it? Iran-Contra affair. Was it the Iran-Contra for? No, Nicaragua. They were they Nicaragua. were they were selling guns from Iran to Nicaragua or something like that. Somebody in the army was doing that. Yeah, that that was the Iran Contra affair. Okay, the whole thing. All right, yeah. So that, but he went around on television and said, "Hey, I didn't know this was going on until this happened, and you know, I'm the president. And the buck stops here, like Truman said. So he took responsibility for it. Had Nixon done that, we were blown over. Yeah, but he tried to cover it up. He tried to cover it up because his guys weren't. He found out his guys were in, in, in trouble because he he wanted to help him. It's like Clinton. I mean, you know, perjuring yourself in an affidavit to a federal judge, that's not – and you're a lawyer. That's not a good thing. That's, Never a good idea, no. That that's that and, and stealing money from your clients, those are the two no-nos if you're an attorney. Doctors can't steal money from their patients because we don't – you know, 99% of it is insurance money. You get what you get. And you're not responsible for somebody else's uh, money or trust fund or whatever. The political so, the political punishment for the uh, discretion or indiscretion, I should say, would have not have been as bad as what he went through. No, you, you don't get impeached for that. You just say you're sorry. I, I was an idiot, and people say, "Yeah, well, I'm an idiot too, so we'll forgive you." Well, but once you, uh, you know, but with with Clinton, once you lie to a federal judge under oath, then you lose your your license and. Clinton actually lost his law license for several years in, in Arkansas. Did you know that? Uh, no, I didn't. Yeah, he did. He lost his license for four or five years, and uh, and then he got it back. But, I mean, not that, that it affected his income in any way, but uh, 
I would think the the humiliation and the uh, the demeanment of it would have been significant for somebody who's that narcissistic, you know, like, how dare you take my license away from me? That sort of thing. Yeah. Well, he, uh, he, he made up for the lost money by writing books after he was president. So, well, he was getting paid $500,000 for um, a speaking engagement. Yeah. They make a lot of money when they're out of office. Well, you know who started that whole thing because that didn't happen until Gerald I think, Ford. Well, I you say Ford. I think Ford did. Yeah, he started on the first Ford board. started that whole thing. Yeah. yeah. And now it's a different world. It's a different world. I know. any rate, so you know Jill Biden. You know who she I've, is. I've, I've, I've heard of her, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so she's bad-mouthing Trump on the campaign trail and saying he denigrates women and, uh, and he stomps on our rights and this and that. Of course, her husband never <laughs> denigrated any woman, but uh, and you know she calls herself a doctor because she has a, a, a doctor in education, which, by the way, is not recognized by the uh, council that actually hands out the PhDs. So uh, the only the whoa, only whoa whoa whoa, 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 say that again. Because the, I think uh, just about every. Every superintendent in the country is considered a doctor of education, but they're not really doctors. They're not PhDs, no. Oh. Well, why so, would we call them doctors? Then? <laughs> uh, because the National Science Foundation, which is a government organization, uh, has decided that uh, they can be doctors. Mm. So they're doctors of education. All right. And... Uh, the uh, the actual list of of fields that are PhD level do not include Doctor of Education. So I like this show. I learn things all the time. So uh, you know the PhDs they all thumb their nose at her uh, because she is calling herself a, a doctor and trying to uh, uh, equate herself to a PhD level person, which of course she is not and. Uh, Doctors of education are not at the same level, not as rigorous of a program, and that's why you have a lot of people that go into this field because they can get a quote quote doctorate uh, without having to do the hard work that a lot of PhD people have to do. Hmm. So, yeah, it's not as tough as a science PhD or something like that. That's for no, sure. or philosophy or uh, history or religion or anything else. I mean, you know, you have to do a lot of in depth uh, studying and research. Like if you get a PhD in, in English, I mean, you, you cannot believe the volumes and volumes of reading that you have to do and the writing that you have to do. My uh, my uh, student advisor when I was in college, I was an English major, uh, Leon Driscoll. He had me read every novel, every major novel from Daniel Defoe forward. So I read Maul Flanders and Robinson Crusoe and and I mean, he had me reading Tristram Shanley. I couldn't get through the whole thing. It was just too much for me at that time. It was like three, 400 pages. And uh, one of the great novels in English, not from the perspective of people who like to have entertainment, but from the perspective of the way the language was used and the way he put everything together. And uh, wow, that was, that was stern. And it, it, it's a funny book. It's very interesting. And, uh, but uh, and then of course James Joyce. You had to read James Joyce, who is so difficult to read when you're a student. I mean, he he used 
French and German and uh, Old English and uh, uh, Gaelic and everything in his novels. And uh, Ulysses, his, his great novel, Ulysses, it's about 18 hours in the day of Leopold Bloom. 18 hours and it's 400 pages. <laughs> he had a busy day. <laughs> he had a busy day. And uh, the introduction to Mr. Leopold Bloom in the in the book is several chapters in and says uh, that he loved to eat the inner organs of beast and fowl. Lovely. So the, the Hooties, uh, they, they hit a, a, a British-owned ship that was carrying fertilizer a month or two ago, and now the thing has sunk. And so now there's an environmental concern because, as you know, uh, fertilizer will change the whole ecosystem in that area once it gets out because some things will like it and some things won't. They're gonna have they're gonna have a red tide, yeah. Yeah, they'll have a red tide or a blue tide or a pink tide or a hootie tide. Who knows? <laughs> so the the hooties hootie tide, the, <laughs> like the hootie that tide. hootie tide. <laughs> and so Yemen, which is actually considered a legitimate government. Uh, has said this is an environmental concern, as well as the United States and Great Britain and several other countries that are involved in this sort of uh, sort of thing. And I, I guess uh, uh, John Kerry, even though he probably doesn't know what fertilizer is, uh, should get involved. I don't know. He spreads a lot of it. He's 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 got manure down pat. <laughs> he's got that down pat. I think the world was supposed to end in what 2011, according to. Uh, Gore and and John Kerry. They were never yeah. good. They were never good at math. So, did we die? Or are we still here? I'm still here. I haven't seen any problems. Still yet. here. Yeah. All right. I'm glad to hear that. He's still flying around in his private jet, is he? Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, it's not his. It's his wife's. He never had his own jet. Ah, right. Exactly. But I guess when you're, you know, when you're a, a senator with big hair and a big voice, uh, you can probably track down some needy rich widow and and take advantage of her I, i'd like to do that but uh, <laughs> my wife i was just say your wife may have a couple of <laughs> she's got a couple of thoughts on that subject she's got another opinion about that <laughs> and uh but she's wonderful she she cut my hair yesterday and did my makeup this morning and that's why i look so pretty ken i noticed you, you had a haircut yes i was gonna mention that. those of you on the radio can't see me you can feel the beauty just rolling you, off. You can, feel, you can feel it oozing out of your radio. That oozing time. out of my forehead. <laughs> so Victor Medvedchuk, Medvedchuk, a Ukrainian oligarch who is close to Vlad Putin, Vladimir Putin, found refuge in Russia after leaving the Ukraine. The Ukrainians pushed him out uh, where he faces treason charges in the Ukraine, and he runs a Russian-language portal pushing Kremlin narratives on the Ukraine and the war. And so uh, he's in the disinformation business and uh, he's trying to tell the Ukrainians that their only salvation is to become part of Russia. Mm -hmm. And uh, I would say that looking at what a mess Russia is, that was probably not a a very sellable point. (laughs) But that's just my opinion now. I don't know. I'd have to agree with you on that. Yeah. I have not been to the Ukraine, but what I see of Kiev when I look online, it looks like they're doing fine. I mean, they're concerned about uh, drone attacks and rocket attacks, but uh, restaurants are open and stores are open. People are on the street. 
Yeah, no one's carpet bombing, you know. So it's, no. It's not like the old days. No, not like the old days. You do that and you get yourself into big trouble. Boy, I was looking at some of the old World War II films of uh, uh, of what we did to the um, to the Germans and to the Japanese with the firebombing. It's fascinating, Ken. Uh, each one of these firebombs was filled with uh, jelly gasoline, napalm. And uh, I don't know, there was like one bomb would release 30 little bombs. And uh, the, the ships would, the, the B-52 or the B-28, 29s would carry, I don't know how many, you know, you know, 50 or 60 of these of these uh, shells in them that would then break into X number more. And then you had thousands of these uh, sorties over Japan. I mean, they just burnt that country to the ground. It, it's just unbelievable. I mean, we burnt... Uh, Dresden to the ground and uh, uh, Cologne was burnt horribly. And I mean, there's still damage. Even when we were there in the, in the early two thousands, uh, there was still residuals that they left up bombed out areas. Uh, the, these are, these are tough weapons, very tough weapons. And uh, what we did to, to these people in world war two was nothing short of dramatic. I mean, really dramatic. Now, you can say this was uh, uh, uncalled for and that there was no reason to to uh, a- attack the general population, but who was supplying the soldiers? Who was working in the factories? Who I mean, you know, who 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 is in who is not involved in a war unless you are sitting with your with your legs crossed in the lotus position and, and <laughs> chanting home. Uh, you know, you're you're going out there and you're doing. It. Now the Bavarians were opposed to the Nazis in the war, and and as you know, they they tried to kill Hitler a few times. They weren't successful, and they also hid Jews. And uh, I'm sure they did a lot of spying for the Allies and had a lot of people that were out there that were anti-Nazi and anti-war working for them. But uh, the majority of Germany, especially northern Germany, I mean, they were pretty gung ho. <laughs> Everybody was a Hitler Youth uh, member. All the kids and oh yeah, they were all in. Yeah, yeah. And my uh, my professor and my cardiology fellowship, he was a German who came over after the war, and he was in the Hitler Youth movement. And uh, you know, we we asked him, one of the Jewish uh, residents or fellows, and I, we asked him. We said, "How do you feel about killing all the Jews?" He said, "Well, it's just like you guys killed all the Indians." course that's not true we didn't kill the indians the indians died from fighting each other and from uh, the viruses that we brought over incidentally and uh, uh, you can say well you gave them blankets that had measles all over it well i mean there were washing machines out on the prairies i mean mean, if you had blankets and uh, you got them from somebody who didn't need them anymore and their kids had the measles and you didn't have a washing Mm. machine what are you going to do ken exactly you know, it's it's like the, the silly people saying, well, we have all these extra doses of the COVID vaccine. Why don't we send them to sub-Saharan Africa? Well, even in Ghana, which is relatively more developed than a lot of sub-Saharan Africa, once you get outside of Accra, their capital, their big city, there's no infrastructure. One of the guys at the hospital was there on a medical missionary and uh, they had people come in from the bush and one lady came in and she had diabetes and her sugar was three or 400 
And of course he treated her acutely, but I mean, there wasn't anything he could do because guess what? There's no insulin, there's no refrigeration. So there's nowhere to keep your insulin. There is no pills. There is no, I mean, there's no treatment. And you go back out in the bush and he said he felt bad, but there wasn't anything he could do. Uh, and then maybe you can go to a hospital in Accra, but you can't stay there. You can't live in the hospital. So the infrastructure for sending doses of the vaccine to sub-Saharan Africa was ludicrous. There are no sub, uh, you know, 80 minus 80 degrees, uh, uh, sub-zero freezers to store the uh, the Pfizer vaccine in, much less minus 15 or 20 to store the Moderna vaccine in. And then how do you distribute it? How do you get to that? <laughs> exactly. Got to think logistics too, you know. Yeah, it's logistics. So once you take it out of the freezer, you have to use that vial up within a certain time period. So what are you going to do? Uh, I mean, uh, and and you can't, you, there's no infrastructure to bus people into the big cities, into centers. So, I mean, it's it's ridiculous. The, the idea that we are withholding care and aid to people uh, because we're selfish or stingy, it's just nonsense. I mean, there's it's like we give all this aid to these countries, and where does it go? It goes to the leaders. You know, we send aid into uh, Gaza, and the uh, the Hamas people take it for themselves. You know, I mean, it's just, this is silliness. It is. I know. Especially that kind of thing happens in the Dominican Republic. We always seem to be sending money to the Dominican Republic, and nothing gets any better down there. No, no, no. Nothing gets better, and... Uh, but what what uh, what what more can we do? We are so giving, and we're such a a, a good people and a kind people. And uh, the people who say that we are evil and that we were uh, founded in, in in slavery and all this bad stuff. Oh, there was slavery everywhere, and there still is slavery in the world. And there is sanctioned oh, yeah. slavery somewhere, really. Oh yeah, in the Middle East. Oh yeah. Hmm, I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, there shouldn't be. Well, you know, humans being what they are, what are you going to do? <laughs> well, so uh, Dr. Yammer at uh, at the Bronx Medical School uh, Yeshiva announced that a woman donated a billion dollars to the medical school, and guess what it's for? A billion dollars for uh, research. One billion dollar gift. A research gift eliminates tuition. So anybody who gets into this medical school in New York doesn't have to pay any more tuition. For how long? So, for, for as long I as they're there, huh? Yeah, I think that, I'm sorry, it wasn't Yeshiva, it was Albert Einstein, I guess, or uh, Albert Einstein School of Medicine. So I guess the uh, the applications for admission to that school are going to go up by about <laughs> 500,000 percent this year. They're going to have I'll a hard bet, time yeah. sorting through that. But what a nice thing to do huh i wish somebody had done that for me when i was in medical school i know yeah but that's okay i still did all right you made you, you did okay you you probably made that money back yeah i made it back so we're we're at the end of the show here ken we are coming up on it yes sir we got about another minute and a half or so got another minute and a half and uh all we can say is uh we wish trump the best I think that part of his problem is that he's going to run out of available cash. I mean, that $350 billion uh, real estate fine, of course, that'll get thrown out on appeal. But in the meantime, they want him to pay up or there's a 10% interest running on this. So 
he's begging like crazy for money. And uh, I'm not opposed to helping the guy out. <clears throat> I mean, I can't do much, but I'd send him a hundred or 200 bucks. I got to do it when the wife's not looking. So, but uh, he's winning and everything else. Yes, he is. So, you know, we'll see what happens and here. He's going to get every one of those cases thrown out at the Supreme Court level, if not before that. Look at what's happening in Georgia with this uh, with this uh, prosecutor and her boyfriend. I'd I mean, love to, what? Doc, but we only have 30 seconds left now. <laughs> so you yep. might want to just give your phone number here, buddy. we got about 10 seconds, 20 seconds left now. 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. I want to thank you guys. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.